you are a God that we can trust, God, and that you're a God that loves us and is for us. So God, may, may tonight be a night that we don't move until, until we feel you, God. We don't, we don't move until we know that you're for us and you love us. God, may we not leave this place without first having experienced you. So Jesus, be with us in this time, God. We thank you for your word. God, may your word come alive. May you guide my thoughts. And may you open hearts for what you have to say. So we trust you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, a few of us. Thanks, bro. Doing real well over here on the front. Um, well, cool. Well, it's good to know that some of y'all know each other really well. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that my the triplets, I mean, y'all are triplets, or you're part, like, two of the triplets. You like the other one better? It's fine. You like you like Taylor better. It's okay. Zach, you and Taylor would have won. We'll FaceTime it next time and play. It'll be great. Um, all right, so tonight we're jumping back into our goal series. We took uh, last week off to um, uh, to watch Georgia, I guess, is what we did. Um, isn't it horrible just being a Georgia fan? Like, do I have any Georgia fans in here? I know Lush, you're not. Yeah. It is... It's literally like the hardest thing in the world is to be a Georgia fan. Um, it's just so disappointing. But uh, that's a relationship that is not a goal right now in my life. Um, but anyways, uh, so tonight, what we're doing, so in this series so far, um, we've talked about uh, the goals of what it is to be a man. So guys, we talked about that. Challenge you on that, girls. I hope you have in mind what it is to pursue a godly man, and if you don't, uh, if, if you didn't hear that, that's on the internet. You can check that out on the podcast. And then a few weeks ago, Abigail uh, taught us on what it is the goal to become a woman. And guys, I hope y'all understand what a godly woman is. But tonight, we're going to tackle a lot, um, but I think we can do it. Y'all in for that? We have a lot. So y'all good till about, it's uh, 5.31. Y'all good till about 8 o'clock tonight? Perfect. That's what I have in store for you. Get ready. Buckle in. I'm just kidding. We're not going to go that long. But I do have a lot to cover. Tonight what I want to cover is the idea, what's the goal behind, or it's not a goal for these uh, first one, but like, what, what is attraction? We're going to talk about attraction. It's going to get fun and awkward. I love that the guys have like separated themselves. Perfect. <laughs> they don't have cooties. I, I know that was what was taught in middle school, or in uh Maybe middle school, too. Y'all still believe they have cooties? No? Elementary? Kindergarten. Perfect. Um, but we're going to talk about attraction. We're going to dive into the idea of dating. What is dating? Um, we're going to have to kind of like kind of show you what dating is in Scripture. Scripture, there's not the idea of dating, um, but I'll, I'll do my best. And then we're going to talk about really what is the goal. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll, we'll answer that question to the best of our ability tonight. But um, we, all, we all remember the, you know, elementary school, 
when there was the cooties, right? Do we all remember those times, girls? Y'all remember when y'all had cooties? The real thing, the legitimate thing, cooties. Um, I remember that. And then, um, but then, but we remember the elementary school kind of the ideas of what what you know. All of a sudden, I, what I like to call the day of aha, where you're just like you go into school. It's a normal day, you know. On Monday, at cooties. On Tuesday, you walk in. You're like, hmm, something's different today. And that's the day of aha. It's all of a sudden the opposite sex becomes um, a, like pleasing to the eye. Like something's different today. Like I think I like that. Like I think they're cute. I I, I don't I don't know what that even means, but I like I'm I, I'm I'm kind of confused at what this feeling is that I have in me. So then it leads you to do weird things. Y'all remember this? when flirting was picking on each other and pushing people down. Maybe y'all still do that. Middle schoolers, y'all still push people down? <laughs> Pulling the hair? Yeah. Our big thing was uh, when girls would wear a ponytail, you'd walk up behind them and mess up their ponytail. And, uh, you know, it was mean. Girls thought guys were mean. But what you don't know, girls, if you don't know this, if guys are still doing that, high schoolers, if they're still doing it, it's weird. But what they're doing is they don't know what to do with this feeling that they have, and they're attracted. Um, so fighting, the pulling hair, you're pushing down on the playground, uh, tag where it got a little aggressive and rough. Um, but c- because we don't always know what to do with that moment in elementary school. You, it's fun to watch it um, when, you, when all of a sudden there's that attraction that has set in and something's different. They don't have cooties anymore. You're not afraid of them. You all of a sudden are attracted to them. And then it, that, you know, when we were in school, before cell phones were so prominent, I didn't have a cell phone until eighth grade. Um, now I think they come, like, you come out of the womb and we give the kid a phone, right? Um, not kidding. I, I'm pretty sure as soon as, like, Tally probably plays with phones and knows how to operate it. She holds it. Can she unlock it? Not yet. Give her a few months and she'll, Tally, I believe in you. You got this, girl. Um, stay away from boys until you're 30. Um, but, but, like, before texting, it was the idea of notes. Do y'all still write notes? No, I ain't got time for that. Send it in the text message. No, but like, but it was always, it was, I was always so impressed by the girls that could like fold in certain ways and you had to pull a certain tab to be able to open up the text. Carter, you do that still? Perfect. Teach me how to fold a note that way. But it was note passing. You would pass a note and sometimes it was like a uh, group message thread almost and you just all write on it. It's weird. Back in the day of no technology, when you got in trouble if you text, it's true. I got in trouble for texting because it was really expensive, like 10 cents a message. But now it's just, you know, iMessages. Unless you have an Android, now I don't want to text you. We're, we're uh, sidetracked. But the idea of attraction, and because attraction is always, we're back to the notes, I promise. We're going after this. Attraction is always birthed out of the physical attraction first, right? When, when the day of aha takes place and all of a sudden you're physically attracted to someone, it's always physical because you don't roll out of the bed get ready for school walk into school and all of a sudden something clicked they don't have cooties anymore and you're like i like their character i'm really attracted to the person that they are don't care about what they look like it's just their person that i'm attracted to no you're like man something physically about them is attractive to me right i can remember um when uh lauren and i were uh set up because i didn't i wasn't bold enough to just walk up to someone I had to have someone tell me about someone, um, real smooth guys, and I sent her a Facebook message. But before I ever messaged her, we creeped on her. You know, you know what I'm talking about? She was private, so I couldn't. I had to have a friend that was a friend of hers 
creep on her. Um, and I was like, yeah, she's cute. Uh, what do I got to lose? And uh, I didn't, didn't, I really didn't have anything to lose. So I was like, well, we'll try this. But I was physically attracted to her first. I, had, I knew nothing about her. I knew that she loved the Lord. I knew that she... Um, I knew that she was at a different church and she was involved in church and that kind of stuff, but I knew really nothing about her character. I knew she'd gone on mission trips. I was like, man, she loves the Lord. She's about missions. I'm about missions. This could work. But first, I was physically trying, and it did. Six months later, we were married. A year and a half later, she's pregnant. Praise the Lord. All right, back to here. But I, but I want to talk about the physical attraction. What I want us to see uh, in, that in just, that's, that's my life. Uh, soon. Ooh, I'm going to need some prayer. Me and my dog need prayers. You think I'm kidding. Um, good boy. Here. But there's two dangers in just physical attraction. And so this is, like, I want you to see this. That there's, and, and the notes that you have, those little blanks, um, those are for later. But you can take notes on them, too, because there's plenty laying around. There's lo- uh, bigger sheets in the back if you want to grab those. But there's two dangers in just physical attraction alone. It's inaccurate and it's dangerous. It's inaccurate and it's dangerous. And see, this is true because physical attraction doesn't represent your internal beauty. And I know that's, that's like, you know, that's real deep and you're like, I don't care, they're hot, um, right? Like, girls, you're uh, Hannah and Carly, I'll pick on y'all because you're, uh, your celebrity crush was Nathan Scott. You don't know him. No, you don't. Don't make me, you're not going to pass this along? You're just going to say them for yourself? Whatever. Um, but, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, we're best friends at the start of this. I want you all to leave like that. Um, but it's inaccurate because it, it, because it doesn't represent who you are. Right? You can be the hottest person, the most beautiful person, and have the worst character ever. Does anyone know, like, man, like, girls, let me ask you this. Y'all know any hot guys that just have zero personality and they are horrible people? Can I get an amen? You know some guys like that, too? You know some girls like that? Brothers, can I get an amen? Like, guys showed up tonight. There we go. See, you know nothing about just seeing a person until you know their character. Their heart is the only thing in the long run that will matter. Because I hate to break it to you, girls, those guys that you're like, man, uh, they're hot. They have like a six-pack, right? Lauren fell in love with me because I'd I'd never had a six-pack in my life, (laughs) right? But those six-packs, you get married in that first year, you end up like this. I posted yesterday a photo from our honeymoon. I don't look like that anymore. <laughs> Not that I look great then, but <laughs> I've gained a lot of weight. And then you get older, and then you really don't look like that. Gravity wins in the end. Um, we'll say that. So it's inaccurate. It doesn't show the beauty. We've got to keep going. But physical attraction uh, is dangerous, too, because it, 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 it doesn't always... Um, what we believe is attractive is different from different cultures. I was going to get photos of this, and I just didn't. Um, one, because I think it's weird, but has anyone ever seen the tribes in Africa that the women put rings around their neck to extend their neck? That's 
in their culture is physical beauty. The longer their neck is, the more beautiful that woman is. I mean, guys, can you imagine that? Walking in and be like, that girl's got nine rings around her neck. Bay. Right? Or, or the tribes that, um, you know, a lot of people in our culture get the, uh, the gauges, you know, where you can put like a walnut in your ear, and, which has always been weird to me. Um, huh? A dinner plate. See, that's weird. But some people find that attractive, I think. Do, do people find that attractive? Carter, you find that attractive? Perfect. She got a dinner plate in her ear. She must be a good cook. <laughs> I mean, what is happening? So, so like that kind of stuff. Or, girls, get this. In the 50s, I, I saw this online. In the 50s, there was a magazine as they were going into summer that says the scientific uh, reasoning and way to gain weight as you go into summer. In the 50s, it was beauty to be a little bit thicker and more and softer. Back in, back in like, um, in Europe and, in the, in, uh, we'll just say the 1400s, 1500s and those times, it was attractive if you were pale and heavier set because that means you were wealthy. Ain't no one digging that trend right now. Girls, are no one's chasing after that trend. Everyone's like, eat clean, CrossFit, paleo. Ain't about those lives for me. I'm like, donut, couch, Netflix. That's my life. Lauren, aren't you glad you married me? And I talk a lot about running. and just never happens. I'm, I'm hoping that my, uh, my cardio would be my breath that I use in speaking. But attraction is, is dangerous. And, and, and being serious, it's dangerous because it doesn't represent who you are. You could be hot and a crappy person. And, and 20 years, 30 years, 50 years from now, what we think is attractive, and I pray that it changes. I, I, I want to go back to a different time where, where it wasn't less clothing is attractive to its modesty is attractive. Um, I, 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 I hate social media and love it all at the same time. And I hate it for you guys and girls too because, because it's became, our culture has fallen into this trend that attraction is being comfortable with your body, and being comfortable with your body means showing it off. And really all that says to me is you're not comfortable with yourself. You might be comfortable enough to show the world, but you're not comfortable enough to, to hide it and save it for your husband one day or your wife one day. Guys, I don't care if you have a six-pack. I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous, but... Jealous of my brother-in-law. Every time I come over to my in-law's house, he doesn't have a shirt on. And he has washboard abs. And it makes me mad. But he is rubbing in my face. He rips his shirt off as I walk in the door. It's, I, I, it's weird, and I feel like we need to talk about it. But um, moving on. But see, attraction that lasts. So if you do find one, so moving on. Um, if you do find someone that you find attractive, like they're physically attractive, we're all attractive to different features. You're not wrong for being attractive to different types of people. God designed you that way. But attraction that lasts, that, that's built on more than just beauty, external but internal, it, it, it starts moving into a deeper way. And so, like, I want to talk about dating. And some of y'all might be dating just because they're hot. <laughs> Hopefully tonight, maybe I might be able to change your mind. I don't know. Um, but see, huh? 
I didn't know if you were talking to me. It's okay. All right, moving on. See, attraction that takes root, no, that leads to what we know is dating. And dating has become weird in our world, uh, right? Can we all just agree that dating has become this weird thing? When we were in high school, there was talking, and then talking led to dating. Uh, does that happen still? I'm, I'm removed. I don't know. I'm married, and that, I won. So, um, the is there talking still? Help me out here. Okay, cool. So that's still going on. But see, when I was around, there was no such thing as online dating. And if it was, it was weird. But now you have apps. And, and uh, hopefully y'all aren't dealing with that. But like, the older you get, the more you'll get in that. But it, it's this weird thing. And then there's also, I learned this. I didn't know anything about this, but I learned this talking to a few of y'all. There's a thing called serious and non-serious dating. It's true. Just heard it. For the podcast listeners, it's true. A high schooler just confirmed that for me. Serious and non-serious dating. It's the idea of serious is like, you're like, man, we're in it for the long run. Non-serious is like, man, I like them, but six months, three months, three days from now, I might be done with them moving on to the next. But, or, you know, they're going to and I'm done and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's turned into these weird things. Tinder, you know, swipe right if I want to hang out with that person. It's the Netflix and chill generation. And I know, that, I know that phrase means different things in different groups, and it sometimes is a bad thing, but that's what we've confined it in. I'm here for a good time. I'm here to hang out until it gets annoying, and then I'm on to the next. And, and, and dating has just become this weird thing in our world. And, and so what is the purpose of dating? Why should we date? And I'm not going to spend a long time in this book because I don't want to have to explain a lot of things to you in this book tonight. I don't have time for it, and it gets weird. And so we're not going to dive into it, but the Song of Solomon um, is a book in the Old Testament, so you can turn, you can turn there if you want to. But we're going to read a few verses. And what's cool about this, uh, what's cool about this book is it's um, written from the girl's perspective and Solomon's perspective, and um, and just their conversations back and forth. But see, what happens is they show an interest in each other. And so, verse seven it says, "This tell me, you whom my soul loves." This is the woman writing. You who my soul loves. Guys, y'all, sh- or girls, if this is how you want to woo a guy, do y'all know what that means? Woo? Y'all know what that means? Cool. Perfect. This, this, I don't think this will help. Um, so don't write, don't write a text message or a, a DM like this. This will not help. But, one. Um, tell me who, you who my soul loves, where, your pasture, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lay down at noon. For why should I be like the one who veils herself beside, beside the flocks of your companions? And, and, and so y'all are like, man, what, what is this girl saying? But this girl's basically saying to Solomon, like, hey, where are you going to be at noon? Like, I want to know where you're going to be because that's where I want to be. Guys, y'all ever done that? Actually, this is a girl. Girls, have y'all ever done that? Like, text a guy and be like, where are you going to be because that's where I want to be. Don't do it. It's weird. <coughs> but that's what she's doing. God, Solomon's girl is showing interest in him. This is her sliding in to his direct messages. DMs. I'm, I'm going to be the coolest dad ever. Um, but this is, this is her sliding in. And then, then I've got to stop saying that. That's so weird. Um, but then Solomon responds in verse 8 and says, If you do not know, so now he's getting flirty. Oh, most beautiful among women. That's a, good, that's a great uh, line, guys. Write that one down. Fall in the tracks of the flock and the pasture, your young goats, and beside the shepherd's tent. He's basically saying, like, hey, come find me. 
Like, I'm not going to tell you exactly where I'm at, but come find me. He's being flirty. And see, this is attraction that's now leading to something different. It's leading to something deeper. And see, one of the most important things I see in this chapter is you see the interest that's shown and the interest that's shown back, and now it's leading to wanting to hang out, wanting to date. In verse uh, 16 and 17, you're going to see this idea of like dating and what it is. And this is, this is more courtship, but I'm, we're going to talk about it in dating because courtship is one word that no one wants to tackle. But um, what I want you to see is that the pursuit again is to know, and know someone that you're interested in is the pursuit after marriage. It's not the pursuit just to have fun. It's not the pursuit just to hang out until that person gets annoying or you find a tick in them that you can't deal with anymore and move on to the next. It's pursuing something deeper. And, and, and I love how Solomon and his girl check this. They, they do this. They protect the person in the process. It says, Behold, you are beautiful, my beloved, truly delightful. Our couch is green, and the beams of our house are cedar and our rafters are pine. And what she's saying here, our couch is green. They're dating in public. They're being private in public. They're, they're hanging out in the fields. They're not inside. They're not in the basement, Netflix, Netflixing and chilling. They're, they're public. They're, 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 doing, they're pursuing purity. And high schoolers, middle schoolers, when that day comes that you decide that you want to date, the most important thing you can do in that relationship is protect each other's purity. Date privately, publicly. Let me, let me help you understand that. Date privately, be together privately, but do it in public where people can see you. Because nothing has, no conversation in the basement at 12 at midnight watching a movie has ever led to a deep, theological, godly conversation. Guys, I want you to see this. Protect your purity. Pursue purity. First uh, Timothy 5.2 says, Treat older women like mothers and treat younger women like sisters in all purity. That's basically saying, hey, until that person becomes, like if you you're pursuing marriage if that girl until that girl becomes your wife you treat her like your sister or she's older than you like lauren is me you treat her like your mother yeah lauren's three weeks older than me i married an older woman i'm awesome um but see you ain't doing you ain't pursuing what you desire to be pleasurable with your sister right it's weird but that's what scripture's saying and I know this, is, this can be awkward and, and feel in the tension, like, but you, and we're just going to get awkward. Pray for me. Um, making out was never designed to just be left at that. Once you go lips on lips, unless you're just supernaturally extremely strong, you're probably going to take it a step further. I just want to be real with you. Because God designed you to have these desires. You're just awakening them before they're supposed to be awakened. It's not a bad desire. It's not. God designed it that way. It's a good thing. But if you, if you 
if you tap into that too early, I promise you, you're setting yourself up for failure. And God's not robbing you of anything. I hear it all the time. God just, like, those are just rules and guidelines that are robbing me of good things. No, they're protecting you for something better. They're protecting you that when you step into marriage, it'll be better. Thanks for grace, but God, if I would have made right decisions and been and, and thought through it, Guys, treat girls like your, they're your sister, not your biological sister, but a sister in Christ. Because if you're dating a Christian girl, she's your sister in Christ, and you should want to protect her. And you can think of it like this, and this isn't even like biblical, but think, whatever helps you. What if you don't marry her or him, and you've taken something from him or her that isn't yours, and it's someone else's? Also, people around you should give godly approval of what you're doing. Proverbs 12.15 says this, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Do the people, if you're dating, or when you start dating, do the people around you that love Jesus and love you, do they approve of what you're doing? Are they for what you're doing? Are they, are they approving the person that you're around? Because sometimes people are giving you warning signs. Well, I knew Lauren was right for me on many reasons. One, I'd never met someone that showed me grace like she did. I've made mistakes. I, I, I screwed up in my past, and I'll never forget the first time when you get to, and that's another reason, just another shallow reason why you shouldn't mess up, because one day you're going to have to tell the person that you love what you've done. And that conversation's never fun. But Lauren, when the night that we had the conversation, she looked at me and said, your past is your past and it doesn't concern me. And in that moment, I knew that she was the one. In that moment, I knew she was the one. She'd show me grace. I, I, I fell in love with her. And the people around me approved of her. The people that I trusted the most said she's the one. And I was previously engaged been in a 10-month engagement that fell apart, and there was warning signs that I wasn't looking at. I had t- people tell me that's not right. I had people do this before you ever step into that, and I wouldn't take it. And I was a fool. And relationships should be life-giving. If you're dating, and it's draining you, it's just overwhelming. And, and this is like, some of y'all aren't dating right now, but one day you will. If it's just sucking the life from you, and it's overwhelming and draining, get out should never do that. It should, it should bring you life. It should give you energy. It should be a good thing. It should never, never be taxing on you. Because this is the goal. And as the band comes up, this is what I want you to see. Dating is not just to have fun. It is dating fun, yes. But I want you to see, to protect yourself and to, and, and to have the fullness of life, dating should always be in the lens of marriage. So for some of you, that means dating is way too early for you right now. One, I don't know if you, have, if you don't have a job. I don't, I don't know how, like, except for girls. Like, y'all shouldn't really be paying for anything. But guys, if you don't have a job, I don't know how you afford dating. You can't take her on a date. You can't do anything nice for her. Unless you find someone that just likes hanging out, going to the park. I don't know, whatever you do at the park, wherever a park is around here. But dating with the lens of, marriage.
because listen to this, Ephesians 5. I just want you to listen. We've, we've read some of this scripture, but this, this is what marriage is about. Wives, submit to your husbands, your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husband, love your wife as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as, as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, each of, you shall, uh, each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the call of what the husband and wife are supposed to be for one another. And the biggest thing that marriage is, marriage is supposed to represent not just that you can have, you can become one and you have a family, and you get to have someone for the rest of your life, ultimate purpose of marriage is that we represent who Jesus is and his church, his bride. Anything past that is lost to sight of what marriage is. Marriage is the representation of Jesus in the church. Marriage is a shadow of God's pursuing love in Jesus. Let me say that again. Marriage shadows, it represents, it's a picture of God's pursuing love in Jesus. When you step into a marriage one day, you step into the pursuit of showing the world how God has pursued us through Jesus. So with that in mind, it changes how we date, right? If that's the pursuit, if the pursuit is for the world to see that Jesus has pursued us as we pursue, like we pursue a wife and care for her and love for her, men, and the wife in return respects the husband and cares for him as the church cares for Christ, then it changes what dating is about. See, the goal behind a romantic relationship is marriage, that you might be walking example of Jesus. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Marriage is a beautiful thing. I'll never forget. February 7th, at 2 o'clock, I stood at a church in Winder, and watch the most beautiful woman ever walk through two doors towards me. And it wasn't just so that I could have a best friend for the rest of my life, though I'm thankful that I have a best friend that I can confide in and love and talk to. It's not just so that we can have a family together. It's that me and her can be a representation of who Jesus and his church is for the world that is dying apart from him. But if you want that to be, and there's grace. I want you to know there's grace. We'll talk about that in just a second. But Jesus has given these guidelines not so that he robs anything for you, but that this relationship might be complete and as he designed. So middle schoolers, high school students, 
leaders that aren't married or are married, like, don't awaken what is meant for marriage. Don't, don't step into something that is not meant for just dating or just for someone that isn't your husband and might not be your husband or your wife. And see, if you feel like you've, if there's been like, if you've messed up, I want you to know there's grace. Thank God for grace. But if, if you've messed up, I, I, just listen to this story. John 8, 1 through 11. I, it's one of my favorite stories in Scripture of just God extending grace. This is the story of where the uh, religious leaders have brought to Jesus a woman that's been caught in adultery. And they throw her before Jesus and say, we've caught this woman in adultery, and the law says that she is to be stoned, that she is to be killed for her punishment. And they look at Jesus and say, what do you say? It's a cool story. Jesus bends down on the ground. He starts drawing something in the dirt. He looks up and says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And, and the story goes that from the oldest to the young, or from the oldest to the youngest, they drop their stones and walk away. And Jesus looks at the woman as she looks up to him and says, Does anyone condemn you? Is there anyone here that condemns you? Is there anyone here that says, You've done wrong and, there's, and you deserve death? And, Jesus, and the woman says to Jesus, No one. And Jesus looks at her and says, What is the gospel? Neither do I. Neither do I. You've messed up. You've done wrong. You've fallen short. But I don't, I don't condemn you. But no, I give you grace. And then he says, go and sin no more. So students, if you've messed up, if you've awakened what is meant for marriage too early, Jesus does not condemn you. He's just commanding that you don't do it anymore. Follow him. Protect what is meant for marriage that your marriage might be full. And your marriage might represent Jesus in the church. So that's the goal. The goal in all of this. The goal in what... And, and I get it. Like dating is, is something that we... That you want. You have this attraction. But I promise you, if you'll pursue... If you're going to date, if you'll pursue marriage and protect one another's purity, it will end a lot better. But if you awaken what's meant for marriage early, you'll have to deal with heartbreak that God's trying to protect you from. But at the end of the day, there's grace. And Jesus is calling us into something deeper. So let me pray, and then we're going to sing. But I, I, I pray, close your eyes real quick. I, I pray that you, that you don't see this as a set of rules and, and this ob obligation to just not mess up. I pray that you see that this is God saying, I have something better. What I've designed, the purposes that I have for you are better. When you do it with someone that you've committed to for the rest of your life. Because in marriage, you're going to see the ugliness, the sin of one another. And true love. And some of you have never seen what true love is. You don't... You don't see it at home. You don't see it around you. What I want you to see is that true love is saying, I've seen the ugly and I'm staying. 
and fighting for this because it's bigger than us. It's showing the world who Jesus is in his church. So there's stuff you need to deal with tonight, May. And you know that you can always come up here and pray. And you know there's leaders that care for you and love you and are fighting for you and praying for you. So Jesus, we we love you. May you continue to work in us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.